Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Whatever time of the day you're watching this broadcast, this is Dr. Eric Tangumonkem with IEM Approach, where we inspire, equip, and motivate people to discover God's great potential in them and deploy that potential. Happy Monday. I hope you are starting your week on a positive note. Thank you for stopping by. Thank you for joining us. Please do me a favor. Share, 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 share this broadcast. Invite other people to join us. And if you haven't subscribed to my channel yet, you can do that today. I need your support. I need you to share this content. If you like what you've heard so far, join us and together we are going to get to the top. Before I get into the subject of our broadcast today, I always like to take a detour, talk about a few things that I think can help you win. Win at your job, win in the area of your finance, win in the area of your health, win spiritually, win physically, win in your relationships. I am an inspirational speaker and I believe in a holistic approach. In other words, the physical and the spiritual must be in synergy for you to be eternally successful. Life does not end here. It's a continuum. And death is just a transition to the next phase. That's why you need to live with this blessed hope and conduct your affairs accordingly. Because what you do right now or what you don't do is going to translate in the next life. You are more than flesh and blood. You are a spiritual being created in the image and likeness of God. And you've been placed here at this particular time in history because you are needed. You are not just the result of some accident. Even if you were born out of wedlock, you still have a place. You still have a purpose. You can still live an impact. You must have heard of Hamilton. He was one of the founding fathers. He was born out of wedlock. That didn't stop him from having a profound impact on the financial structure of the United States of America. I want you to get excited today because you've been given a tremendous opportunity to make a difference in the lives of other people. To be successful, you must learn to control those things that are within your power. Stop focusing on the external 
and focus on the internal. Those things that you can control. When you push yourself and control those things that are within your power to control, the dividend is huge. The dividend, it's amazing. You may be wondering where I'm headed to. I want to talk a little bit about each time you sit down to eat or you snack. There's so much talk today about the relationship between what you eat and your health, what you eat and your mood, what you eat and your energy level, what you eat and how successful you are, what you eat and your waistline, what you eat and your body mass index. It's critical that you connect the dots because there is a direct relationship. There is a direct relationship. There is a direct relationship between what goes into your mouth and your health and your bank account and everything about you. I am not undermining the spiritual. I am not undermining the spiritual disciplines. However, it's important for you to understand that you earn the right to be physically present on earth right now because you have a body. Without a body, your spirit man will live and you won't be able to walk and live on earth. Your body is a reason. Your body is a vehicle. Your body is what has made it possible for you to be walking on the surface of the earth right now. Please don't neglect your body. Take care of you and your body will be good to you. Your body is going to take you to places. You'll be able to enjoy the fruit of your labor. What you eat is under your control because you're the person who takes it up and puts it in your mouth. And that's why it's very critical for you to think before you take each bite, for you to reflect on what it's going to do to your body before you let it into you. It's very important. None of us, none of us in their right mind, nobody in their right mind, nobody who is thinking, nobody who is smart, nobody who is wise, nobody who is intelligent, will try to put diesel in a gasoline engine. Nobody does that. You know what is going to happen. You're going to ruin, you're going to ruin that, that, that engine. You're going to ruin that car. Why is it that when it comes to your body, you put things in there that don't belong? All the drugs, the alcohol, the sugar, the junk that you keep putting in your body. Why are you doing that? 
Your body is not a junkyard. Your body has been designed to run on certain types of food. And it's important for you to learn that. Don't say, oh, it's my culture. Humans make culture. We are not at the, act, at, at the mercy of our culture. We can change the culture. You can change what you eat. If it's unhealthy, you should stop it. Eat for life. Don't only eat for pleasure. And by the way, you're going to have more fun when you eat right and your body is healthy and strong. I have something for you. There is a resource that my wife just released. I thought I had a copy of, of it here today. Unfortunately, it's not there, but I'm going to mention it. It's 30 days of raw food. I've tried it, going through it right now, and it is amazing. I want you to grab a copy. In fact, permit me, let me grab a copy of that book and show you. Here you go. The book is here. I want you to get a copy. Please, when you are healthy, that's when you can take care of your health. I'm really passionate. About 10 years ago, I woke up to the realization that taking care of my health, exercising, eating right was really something within my power. And I had to do some drastic changes in my life. And that was the best thing I ever did. You may be wondering, I just turned 47. I feel as if I'm in my 20s or something. I feel great. I'm energized. Get up each day. I'm excited. Please. Give your body the right energy. It's not about the $20 or so you spend getting this book. It's going to save you thousands of dollars. It's going to give you, get you off of medications. It's going to give your life back. Reset your metabolism. Reset it. Eat right. Your body will thank you for doing that. It's going to be a little difficult. Because change is not easy. That is why the tower, the company that my wife runs, is having 100 days of clean eating and exercise challenge. And I want to invite you to join us because in a group, among other people who are walking the same journey, going towards the same direction, you're going to have all the support and the help that you have so that you can take back your health. It's not too late. This is not another uh, fad or another, uh, you know, make rich scheme, get rich scheme or something that it promises and don't deliver. You can look at me. We live what we speak. We live what we, we, we recommend to other people. Join us, take back your health because health is wealth. And if you are if you if you are wondering, I have another resource here. What's in your glass? Pentecostal Christians and the hidden dangers of sugary drinks. 
I've not drunk a soda for more than 10 years now, and I'm not going to drink any soon. It doesn't matter the type of soda. It's bad. It's bad. It's bad for you. Why do you have to put sugar and water and some carbon dioxide and drink it? Have you thought about that? There are many other ways that you can quench your test. Take care of your body, a healthy body. You're going to go far. That was it for today. We're going to get more in-depth about these uh, issues of eating and how to take care of your health. Because I believe without good health, nothing else, uh, nothing else truly matters. I'm talking about immigrants today. Disclaimer. I am an immigrant, an immigrant. I'm not representing any political party. I'm not running for office. My passion is to inspire people to become all what God created them to be. My passion is to inspire other people, to motivate them, to equip them, to help them reach a full potential. And if you're listening to me today, I just want to encourage you to know that you've come this far and you can get to the end. Right now, I can't interact with you directly because uh, this broadcast has been streamed on multiple channels. However, if you leave a feedback, if you have a question, put it in the chat. Uh, I'm going to get back to you. Or if you want to talk to me, the number is 214-908-3963. 214-908-3963. Or if you rather send an email, it is eternalkingdom101 at gmail.com, eternalkingdom101 at gmail.com. Today, I'm going to be talking about guns. Yes, guns. I'm not representing the National Rifle Association. I'm not representing any political party. I'm talking about guns today and that you, as an immigrant in the United States of America, you need to educate yourself about guns. Don't allow the TV alone, don't allow the sound bite to frame your understanding of the role of guns in the history and the future of your new country. It's very critical for you to take time and understand what is happening we easily get emotional when uh, there's a mass shooting and you hear about gun control and gun control. Uh, we're going to you know, dive into it. If you are new uh, in the United States, it must have shocked you already uh, by the number of uh, people that get killed. Uh, because of um, the firearms. Uh, but there, there is this interesting quote that you need to understand that the only thing that stops a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun. The only thing that stops a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun. Uh, according to the, uh, the, the, the Gun Violence Archives uh, in, in 2017, uh, the United States witnessed about uh, more than 57,000 uh, gun-related uh, uh, incidents. And uh, not too long ago, a gunman 
opened fire and killed about 60 people, injuring, what, 500 in Las Vegas. This, there was a concert, country music concert, and this guy went up in a hotel and opened fire on the crowd and killed a bunch of people. Uh, there were 26 people shot and killed in 2017 during worship in a Baptist church. That just day in, day out, we hear of uh, people being shot and killed. Some of this take place in schools, some of it take place in movie theaters, concerts, at work, you name it. People just gunning down people at times for no apparent reason. When you listen to the news, at times it's the way the news is portrayed is almost as if you're going to be shot the next minute in the United States. But the truth is far from it. According to the National Rifle Association, there are about 300 million privately owned gun, guns in the United States. And each year, what, 4 million more guns are added to that number. And it's important for us to understand that Everybody, every person that is killed as a result of gun violence is one too many. We should have zero tolerance for people using guns to shoot each other. However, we should not forget that there are millions of gun, own, gun owners, law-abiding gun owners in the country who use their guns for other purposes, to hunt, for sports, and to defend themselves, to protect themselves. We should not forget that the number of people who are responsible gun owners far, far, far outweighs those that use those guns for nefarious purposes. We're going to talk about that. Please don't turn it off. As I said, I'm just going to look at this topic and encourage you to dig into it, understand what is going on before you make up your mind what direction you want to go. You might have run from a repressive regime because in most countries of the world, and throughout history, most repressive regimes control access to fire access to firearms and monopolize gun ownership. Most repressive regimes, when Hitler took over in Germany, he made sure all the civilian guns were confiscated, handed over to the state. When Mao Zedong in China took over the same thing. The Khmer Rouge, same thing. And most of you have escaped from countries where firearms are strictly under the control of the government. And I don't want you to mix apples and oranges because there's a reason why in America people think in a different way. I want us to you know, look at the nature of repressive regimes, their impact on the people. And you fled from such a regime, and now you're in a situation where the government was set up with it based on a different framework. 
Now, this monopoly has led to abuse of power by the government. The harmless and defenseless citizens bear the brunt of it. Maybe you are here because of the excesses of a government that you were born under and the government controlled everything. That is why it's good for you to understand that the founding fathers of the United States, after the Declaration of Independence, we've already talked about the need for you to learn the history of the United States. Please, can I plead with you? If you want to really do well in this country, if you want to find your place, you must understand where the country is coming from. I'm not talking about a selective history, focusing just on slavery, focusing on segregation, focusing just on the evils of the country. Also focus on the, 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 some of the, 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 the wonderful ideas the, the founding fathers had in terms of trying to establish the government of the people by the people and for the people. It's important for you to also look at some of the ideas they had I'm not in any way saying these men were perfect because none of us is. Even you, you are not perfect. Don't forget, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All have sinned. All includes me and you. And that's why when I was talking about the history, I said we have to be very careful because hindsight is, is always 2020. It's very easy for us to judge the past using the present because it's convenient. However, we can truly only really understand by trying to put ourselves within the context of whatever happened. Yes, there were some founding fathers that owned slaves. It's terrible. However, we should be careful not to throw out the bathwater and the baby. They had some good ideas. The founding fathers, just after the Declaration of Independence, had to fight a war with Britain. Britain was the strongest empire at the time, well armed by divine providence. These militias and an army that you know, was not made of a lot of professional soldiers was able to rally ordinary people and defeat this army. And that is why the founding fathers of the United States understood the excesses, excesses of monopoly of power and the dangers of a big government. That is why they adopted the second amendment on December 15th, 1791. They adopted the second amendment. And it specifically states this, a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Now, you, you, you may be wondering, okay, what, what does this mean, the right to bear arms by the people? Please, uh, you, I may 
You may fall through the cracks. Can you just hang in with me? I know the Constitution of the United States, which we're going to talk about in, a, in, in about two or three days, because that is something you also have to know. Uh, some people interpret it uh, differently, but you don't need a, a PhD or graduate degree or whatever to understand the Constitution. You don't need to. Remember that in the Declaration of Independence, the founding fathers said this. This is the preamble of the Constitution. You're going to see the connection between bearing arms and their understanding of what government is supposed to be. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their power, their just powers, from the consent of the government of the governed. Please listen to this. The government derives the power from the people, not the other way around. Our rights, our rights, our rights are divinely given. Our rights are not from the government. The rights of the people are not from the government. And the power that the government has is from the people and not the other way around. It's very important to understand. Most of us immigrants are from countries where we were made to understand that the government is the person that has the right over us and we take our rights from the government. No, the United States was not established like that. The government does not give us rights. The government has no power to usurp our rights. And that is why the government needs the consent of the people. And the people needs to be armed. In case the government gets out of control, the people can hold the government accountable. Unfortunately, most people have not read the Constitution and we are slowly losing the right of self-determination. We are allowing big government to infringe on our freedoms. That has to change and that is why you are here. You need to learn this and understand the need to bear arms. Somebody, and I was having this conversation with an immigrant who said, oh, come on, you know, let's take away the guns from the people. Let the government be the only person needs to, 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 to have guns. After all, the government is already having a lot of uh, gun power, machine guns and tanks and all that. What, what, what can a, a few handguns do against a government that is well armed? If the government wants to attack the people, the government is having uh, nuclear 
arsenal and a lot of heavy uh, equipment, and there's no need for the individual citizens to be armed. What this person fails to understand is that this country was founded by people who understood the danger of a government that imposes its will on the people. We, the people, have the source of the power and our rights are not from the government. And that is why the second amendment needs to be protected. The government cannot just get up and just push everybody around like that using the barrel of the gun, as we've seen in a lot of dictatorships all over the world. It's a bad idea. You need to learn about firearms. You need to learn that your rights are not from the government. No. Our rights are endowed by our creator. Educate yourself about this gun issue because it will sooner or later show up and you have to deal with it. Educate yourself about it. The preservation of our democracy and the freedoms we have is based upon a proper understanding and application of the Second Amendment. You know, you come from a country where the bad people, I mean, some of these countries, very strict gun, gun laws, very strict. However, that doesn't prevent the bad people from having guns. You know that very well. You know that. Bad guys are always going to have their guns and do their malicious acts. Are we going to now prevent people from driving trucks because some crazy people drive trucks into crowds and kill people? Are we going to ban knives because some crazy person uses knives and kills people? I'm not saying we should allow people that have mental issues to have access to guns. However, I've noticed something in the United States, you know, this so-called divide between the state and uh, the church and state and uh, the push, get down the Ten Commandments, get rid of them, get rid of the Ten Commandments. We don't want them. The last time I checked, which of the Ten Commandments is evil? Which of the Ten Commandments is making our lives miserable? Thou shalt not kill. Is that one really the one that we is making our lives miserable? Maybe, maybe, maybe. Instead of restricting people from owning guns, we should be focusing on teaching them the Ten Commandments, especially the sixth one. Thou shall not kill. Thou shall not kill. Love your neighbor as yourself. The problem is not with firearms. The problem is with the evil of people. The heart of man is desperately wicked. Who can know it? All have sinned and falling short of the glory of God. For somebody to pick up a gun 
and gone down other human beings for no good reason, under the pretext of mental illness, that person is truly evil. And in a society where we are afraid to say people have sinned, to say people have issues, to say people can be evil, we are never going to solve the problem until we get to the root, root, root cause of the problem. How is our society better by taking out the Ten Commandments? How have we improved the situation? By telling people, by not telling people that shall not kill. How have we improved the situation? When we tell people, oh, come on, you are just a result of some uh, cosmic accident. Your life has no meaning, no purpose. You just evolved from an amoeba, and right now, you know, you're just here to pass your your genes to the next generation. There's no point to life. You die, all is over. How has that helped us? How has declaring God dead helped us? These are some of the issues. We don't want to talk about it, and we think we can make the society really better. We need to instill the fear of God. We need to instill the fear of God. Thou shall not kill. Thou shall not kill. Thou shall not kill. Thou shall not kill. And people are violating this commandment day in, day out, and shooting down other people. I want to thank you for listening. Don't forget guns don't kill people. People use guns to kill people. The gun is neutral. The people with evil intent commit atrocities with guns. If we really want to solve the problem, we should go to the source and deal with the evil. Thank you for watching. If you listen to Dr. Eric Tangumonken with IEM Approach, where we inspire, equip and motivate people to discover God's great potential in them, develop that potential, and deploy it. Next time, God bless you. Share, subscribe to my channel, and click that bell for notifications because great content is coming your way. Have a fantastic week.